0: hebrews and chapter 9 and beginning in verse 23 and ladies and gentlemen this is the word of god thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these for Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands which are copies of the true things but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own for then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world but as it is He has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for Him. Let's pray together lord we thank you for your inspired inerrant word we ask that you would write the truth of it on our heart forever changing us we ask this that you might be glorified in jesus name amen you may be seated though there were exceptions the vast majority of the religious establishment in israel didn't like jesus actually more than that they hated him they wanted him dead that really is the story of the gospels john chapter 1 tells us he came to his own and his own did not receive him there were some exceptions but why was that why was it the case that the majority of the religious establishment didn't have time for jesus to put it mildly well biblically we can explain it by the doctrine of total depravity Of radical corruption man does not want God though he is religious he can be very religious but man without the activity of the Holy Spirit taking out the heart of stone putting in the heart of flesh doesn't want the true God and does not embrace the true gospel that's simply a fact we can affirm from Scripture so it should not surprise us that people can go through religious motions and be very devout in their religious duties and what they carry out and reject Messiah fervently Jesus looked these kind of people in the eye and said these comforting words you are not Abraham's children you are of your father the devil positive encouraging Jesus But outside what we can explain theologically as we go to the scriptures there were some natural reasons why they hated him too jesus defied normal convention he didn't go to their seminary he didn't go to their bible college they thought that should the messiah come they would see the messiah endorse what they were doing and the certificates they had and said Uh, you know I'd like to get the same certificate too I'd like to go through the courses that Rabbi so-and-so is offering and they didn't see that in Jesus he didn't attend any lectures he didn't he had no way there was no way for him to even set foot in their seminary system he rejected their system totally nor did he do what others did which was quote the pharisees and the scribes that had gone before the former rabbis Uh, their job as rabbis was to say what others had said in the past and to quote them you can look in historical documents and that was the teaching of the day someone would get up and say now as rabbi so-and-so said in conformity with other rabbis and uh, this rabbi said and that rabbi said and so we can say on the basis of this i don't know but we can say something That's the way it was in Israel. When asked a question, a good rabbi of the time would have studied the history of rabbinical teachings and then quote the rabbi or rabbis, plural. As Rabbi Cohen said, as Rabbi Jehoiada said. Well, you read Jesus and you get something very different. He didn't refer to the rabbis he didn't mention them at all he would say things imagine you're a rabbi you go to jesus at the sermon on the mount read of it as you might in matthew chapter 5 he says things like this think of it as a pharisee you've heard it said but i say to you he says that repeatedly i read it this morning he uh and other times during the weekend just it, it says the same th- thing as it said uh, earlier times in the week verse 22 27 31 33 38 43 Jesus said you've heard it said but I say to you as a rabbi you don't like that sermon you heard it said but I say to you in other words his authority was not gained by the consensus of the rabbis throughout the centuries his authority wait for it was himself he was the authority you've heard it said you've heard it quoted but I say to you whoa he challenged the religious establishment of the day in John 5 we read these words the father who sent me has himself borne witness about me his voice you've never heard his form you've never seen and you do not have his word abiding in you this was to people who were all day in the scriptures for you do not believe the one he sent You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness about me and yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life you have a life of devotion supposedly to god but you don't know god and his word is not in you now added to this trauma when it came time to die jesus didn't hire the temple in jerusalem for a friday and bring sacrifices according to the levitical process hebrews 13 we'll read this later on and lord willing as we get further on in hebrews hebrews 13 12 so jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood in other words he didn't hire the temple and say look I need this thing for a few hours because I'm bringing the fulfillment of the law. No, he skirted the temple and, in charge, went to the cross. What do I mean by that? He was arrested because Jesus allowed his arrest, his only arrest. Do you remember when crack troops came to Jesus in the garden? And they said we're looking for jesus and jesus says i am and they all fell to the ground that was the message i'm in charge here boys Uh, i'm only getting arrested because i'm willing it not because you're willing it. i'm fulfilling the father's plan in other words you got that straight you know who's in charge all right what was your question again i am jesus whom you're after and then he submitted not merely to the arrests of men, but the plan and the will of God, the Father. And the message of Hebrews is this. All of this, the skirting of the temple to a cross, a criminal's death outside of Jerusalem, all of this, boys and girls, men and women, all of this is better. It's better than anything you can see with your eyes. If you can see with heavenly eyes what was accomplished on the cross, you'll never go back. To that which you can see you walk by faith not by sight hebrews 11 is all about the faith chapter because right now you're not seeing jesus on the throne but i assure you that's where he is that's the message you've got a better priest you've got a better sacrifice you've got better words you've got a better covenant and verses 23 through 26 in the passage before us provides something of a recap a reiteration of something previously compared as the two tabernacles and the two covenants are portrayed we see the earthly tabernacle and then we see the revelation of the heavenly the old covenant and then the revelation of the new covenant and that's what we're seeing in these verses verses 23 through 26 let's begin in verse 23 thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these now the earthly tabernacle was cleansed by animal sacrifice but the heavenly by the sacrifice of Christ in other words everything that could mar heaven was dealt with and it had, Christ has provided a way for not only Jews, but Gentiles to come boldly to the throne of grace by his death, by his blood. Verse 24. For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself. Here the message is Christ did not enter the man made sanctuary, which would be a reference to the tabernacle or the temple but into heaven's sanctuary itself now physically on earth the Holy of Holies was something of a cube around 15 feet long 15 feet wide 15 feet high it was a small box if you think about it and Christ the message here is he was not confined to a tiny compartment of the tabernacle but he actually appears in the immediate presence of God as a representative high priest look at the verse as it goes on now to appear in the presence of god on our behalf literally now to appear in the face of god on our behalf verse 25 nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own of course this is a reference to the high priest under the levitical system he'd come in with after purifying himself for his own sins bring the sacrifices on behalf of the people of israel having the uh, garment on him with the 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of israel it was not for the amalekites the jebusites it was for the people of god and he went in there for the people of god to make sacrifice and intercede for them Or to intercede and make sacrifice probably that would be the right order to intercede to pray for them and then to make sacrifice for them it's interesting that same theme is picked up in john chapter 17 where jesus prays what is called the high priestly prayer and he says i'm not praying for the world i'm praying for those you gave me and then that same day according to jewish chronology jesus died because the day begins at 6 p.m at sundown and so on the night before the crucifixion he prayed and then within the 24-hour period he was still dying for them he interceded and he made sacrifice for them the difference being he didn't simply bring a sacrifice he was the sacrifice he's the high priest and in every other occasion when a high priest functions one time a year going in on Yom Kippur the day of atonement he goes into the Holy of Holies sprinkles the blood on the mercy seat and then about faces and gets out quick he doesn't stay there's no seat for him to say wow let me just look at this and observe no he's happy to get out with his life he brings a temporary remedy for the people of God. God accepts it, but it is only a covering. In fact, that's what the word atonement means—a covering. That's not a negative word, but it is descriptive of what it is. It covered over sin. Jesus didn't merely cover over; he did a atone for sin, no doubt about it. But he did more than that. He did that, and he did more than that. He covered it up and he took what was our sin upon himself as the father laid that sin on him and he died in our place the wages of sin is death and he paid the ransom price for sin so jesus verse 25 didn't offer himself repeatedly That means year after year after year as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own we understand that verse 26 for then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world this uh, little phrase repeatedly is a word mentioned twice in this one verse or, or two verses of 25 and 26 he did not offer himself repeatedly he did not suffer repeatedly this is significant And this is what we're going to see as Hebrews 9 and then chapter 10 is unfolded before us the emphasis is on a once-for-all-time sacrifice it's one and done it's done by one sacrifice Christ did not make yearly sacrifices and then never fully dealt with sin because that's what's in view when you have to continually bring sacrifices sacrifice number two three four hundred eight hundred what does it tell you it tells you that sacrifice number one wasn't enough sacrifice number three hundred and four was not enough there has to be a repeated sacrifice because there was never a finished work jesus on the other hand went into the heavenly sancti- sanctuary and by his death on golgotha was able to say that's it it's done it's finished nothing more to do what a message and so the writer of Hebrews is wanting to stress this and there's going to be glories awaiting us I am so glad you and I have labored through these nine chapters to now uh, Beyond the edge of going into chapter 10, where the message is this once for all, once for all, once for, and for all, never to be repeated, he achieved what man had never done under the Levit- Levitical system. We go on and we read, but as it is, he has appeared once for all. That phrase, once for all, is significant, and it means not once for all in terms of people it's not once for all people it's a reference to time once for all time he has once for all appeared that greek word hapax means uh, in english one time it means not to be repeated it's a singular event when did it happen when did he appear at the end of the ages do you see that it's an unusual phrase, at the end of the ages. Hmm. One version reads this way At the consummation of the ages. That's verse 26. In other words, in the bringing everything to its conclusion together. That's what the word means. In the bringing everything to its conclusion together, that's when he appeared. In other words, all the themes of redemption are taking place are brought to fulfillment at this point when christ appears let me pause here for a moment and just ask you what would you say was the most pivotal p- pivotal the most uh, central event in human history if you thought about that how would you answer it rick phillips writes this what was the pivotal moment in human history the way a person answers that question tells me a great deal if he replies that it was gutenberg's invention of the printing press or the beginning of the enlightenment that probably means he thinks history is defined by the progress of ideas if he answers that the key moment was the publication of darwin's origin of species that indicates that he supports the abandonment of supernaturalism for rigorous naturalism if he says it was the development of Athenian democracy or the signing of Magna Carta or more recently the French Revolution or the American Declaration of Independence that shows his belief in the primacy of politics he goes on the ancient Greeks would have refused to answer such a question at all considering the question To be illegitimate the greeks did not believe that there could be a turning point to history because history is circular goes in a circle to them the individual soul was not immortal after death the individual ceased to exist what lasted forever was the march of time the circular process of history this way of thinking has seen a recent resurgence in Western culture especially in literature and films that celebrate the circle of life interesting the circle of life behind that song is a message life is a circle it's not going anywhere Uh, one thing leads to the other but then it comes back on itself and you have a circle of life. So I've asked you and asked you again, how would you answer the question? What was the central event in human history? Well this phrase we read in this passage tells us what God's assessment is and how He would answer that question. From God's perspective, the cross of Jesus Christ is the central event in human history. That's it. The most decisive event in history because of what it achieved that's god's perspective man has his opinions god says no this was the consummation of everything right here when christ appeared that's it right there our western world understands this by recognizing the difference between the previous time before jesus coming and afterwards we have bc and a.d bc before christ a.d anno domini in the year of our lord there is a great push i'm not going that way but there's a great push to not say bc because of it's obvious christian implications and so instead of saying bc before christ it's now bce which means before the common era bc and ad jesus is the only person who can split the calendar in half when he comes what did he achieve well god's assessment was this is the culmination of everything everything that uh, was before led up to it and everything that has come uh, afterwards looks back to it have you understood this this can be a little bit controversial but Bible is controversial you can't get past the first verse without it being controversial you understand that in the beginning some people don't believe there was a beginning God some people don't believe in God created some people I mean it doesn't take long to get controversial in the Bible but the idea is that what happened at the cross was simply God showing us the way that we would understand that the way the way of the cross is the way of example well it is that but it's a lot more than that the cross is the most decisive event in human history because of what it achieved by the cross God is reconciled with sinners now and forever and we read these words verse 26 nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own for he would not for he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world but as it is he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages look at this phrase to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself now if we don't recognize that category of sin this is not particularly meaningful to us and in much of the professing Church you don't talk about sin therefore it's not very regularly that you will talk about the remedy for sin because there's not really a declaration of we are sinners in need of a savior preachers go to other things and talk about helps for life tips for life basically like a half-time team talk whether it's football basketball or whatever the sport is come on guys good showing we're a little behind but with a few little tweaks we can get to where we need to do to win the game that's about as shallow and as deep as it goes but if you're going to talk about the bible you're going to have to talk about sin because you can't read much of the bible without bumping into that concept Which is why in many churches they bump around from verse to verse rather than teach through a bible book because if you teach through a bible book you'll have to deal with this i want to deal with it because i want to answer to god and i want god to be pleased with our worship and i want you to be taught what god says even if it offends some people you know who it won't offend the sheep christ's sheep will never be offended by Christ's voice CH Spurgeon once said so preacher preach the word if the Bible says life principles preach life principles but if it says sin you preach sin oh, what did the preacher preach about sin what, what did he say oh he was against it so what did God do In the person of jesus christ by the death of christ on the cross look at these words he put away sin three simple words put away sin by the sacrifice of himself ladies and gentlemen this really happened he really achieved all the bible predicted it would now the controversial point was this do you realize as a christian not only are your past sins forgiven your presence present sins forgiven but your future sins are forgiven how's that well think about it when jesus died on the cross around the year eighty thirty, all of your sins were future and he died for them and so when you sin now i'd prefer to say if you sin but if you sin there's a remedy there's forgiveness available as we confess our sins but when you and i sin and we shouldn't sin but when we do do you know jesus hasn't doesn't have to run back to the cross and re-sacrifice himself no by his one sacrifice he has paid for all future sins of all god's people because all of that was laid on him and all that had gone before for the people of god were laid on him past present and future there are christians who need to hear this because they think you know i'm a believer now but should i sin and then i'm in a auto accident that sin if i haven't confessed it isn't covered and i'm going to hell no 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 jesus died for all your sins all of them Oh, preacher you can't say that i'll give people a license to sin look people sin without a license i'm just saying when you sin jesus doesn't have to re-sacrifice himself but say to his father oh, i paid for that one i paid for that one i paid for that i paid what about the the sins you'll if you're alive in 2032 yeah he, he, if we're still here he, he he paid for those it's not like his sacrifice goes up to the year 1997. no once for all time he died for sin praise the Lord I could get excited but I'm in church I've got to calm down God is satisfied with the once for all sacrifice of Christ as an atonement for sin Rick Phillips writes this without the blood apart from a sacrifice everything in the tabernacle speaks to privileges that sinners must be denied there could only be the be the piercing gaze of God the tablets of the law open before him while the sinner stands condemned but with the blood applied to every aspect of our relationship with the god who lives in heaven there are forgiveness acceptance blessing light and life wow there's no notes in front of me that says pause but how can we just say oh yeah that's good let's move on that's stunning that's look that's like looking at the Grand Canyon and I think I've shared once before I was at the Grand Canyon I was there for quite a few minutes and this guy in a real fancy sports car he showed up and he walked the 12 paces it was to the edge and he looked over looked at this hole in the ground nice and then went back in his car I thought you may say to your friends I've seen the Grand Canyon you have not seen the Grand Canyon we've got to take an honest look at this and see the sacrifice of Christ from God's perspective and be in awe because I understand this there won't be a moment in heaven where you're not absolutely aghast and astonished at the beauty the perfection from every angle of the work of Christ on the cross that's the theme of heaven. Worthy, that worthy is the Lamb who calmed waters, walked on the sea. Now, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. He is that same one, but the focus of worship is to be in awe of this Lamb who has died in the place of sinners, and we will be forever captivated by it. Charles Wesley's hymn arise my soul arise goes like this arise my soul arise shake off thy guilty fears the bleeding sacrifice in my behalf appears before the throne my surety stands before the throne my shorty stands my name is written on his hands he ever lives above for me to intercede his all-redeeming love his precious blood to plead His blood atoned for all our race his blood atoned for all our race and sprinkled now the throne of grace verse 27 and just as it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment let me stop there for a moment it's been well said that you may fail to keep all your appointments in your lifetime but there will be two that you will keep death and judgment. I believe we'll talk more about that next time. There's such a push from the Eastern world to believe in something called reincarnation. There are many people who will tell you of uh, visions and experiences that they have uh, at death, and they tell you that it's a beautiful thing that there's nothing to worry about. You can read through your Bible, and is that the message? Death's a beautiful thing. There's nothing to worry about. the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the Living God and we need to have the Bible as our filter well I've seen some documentaries pastor and they look pretty convinced that they saw things I'm convinced they saw things too and what they saw was demonic what they saw was not of God the Bible says that God uh, excuse me the Bible says that the devil portrays himself as an angel of light if he can look like jesus sound like jesus and get away with it he'll do it there are many people that say I, i've heard what your bible says but i've had this experience no man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god and that's a scripture and we are to assess everything we hear by the filter of god's word and when it does not agree with god's word we're to throw it out but they were so sincere. I'm sure, but you can be sincerely wrong. Who do you believe? Well, I believe Dorothy, who gave the testimony of going to heaven, and uh, Jesus saying, Go back and tell people that everybody gets in. Uh, no, 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 no. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible teaches that there's a hell to avoid. With Christ, there's heavenly hope without him there's a hopeless end and I believe the reason why we learn more about hell from the lips of Jesus is because if it was someone else we wouldn't buy it more is said by Jesus about hell and the reality of hell than by anyone else in scripture I'm so glad it's not just Paul or Peter oh that's just Paul he just he just didn't like people No, we think of jesus and we think there's no one who loved more than jesus and it's jesus who tells us of the reality of hell and guess why because he loves us if it wasn't true he wouldn't be a good teacher he wouldn't be a good one to follow but jesus made it clear there will be sheep and there will be goats and the goats don't end up where the sheep do amen it's appointed for man to die once and after that the judgment all forms of reincarnation go out the window when you observe that verse as a filter look at verse 28 so christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many oh i read those words and i can't help but gravitate towards isaiah 53. let's go there isaiah 53. Our bible is so inspired by god that to learn of the cross we don't just go to the new testament where we think we'll find verses on it and we do but there's entire passages about it in the old covenant in the old testament psalm 22 is an entire psalm it looks as if it's standing the the writer is standing beneath the cross and observing all that's taking place you read it in your own time but in isaiah 53 look with me in verse 10 yet it was the will of the lord to crush him he has put him to grief talking of this suffering servant when his soul makes an offering for guilt he shall see his offspring he shall see his seed who is that referring to that's believers he shall prolong his days well he's cut off in earlier verses verse 8 he's cut off out of the land of the living stricken for the transgression of my people cut off means he's dead verse 10 says he shall prolong his life he shall prolong his days that's the resurrection the cross and the resurrection was not an accident it was the plan of God all along isaiah being written 700 years before the time of christ the will of the lord shall prosper in his hand out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied by his knowledge shall the righteous one my servant make many notice that many to be accounted righteous and he shall bear their iniquities whose iniquities does he bear the many he accounts righteous same group He shall make many to be accounted righteous and he shall bear their iniquities. That's a purposeful, definite atonement. Verse 12, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many. He shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul to death, he was numbered with the transgressors. Those are the two people on either side of him at the cross. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors beautiful there's a cohesive singular message verse 28 so christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time there's very little preaching about the second coming of christ because i think preachers are worried about little details of charts that people might get upset about that's not according to my chart well the big picture is on every Christian's chart uh, the coming of Jesus the second time changes everything. Would you at least agree with that? Amen. When he comes, it doesn't matter who's president, who's king, who's got authority in any local backwater place jesus comes back he announces i'm the king of all kings the lord of all lords and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess jesus christ is lord to give glory to the father that's what we will see with our eyes it does not look like it it looks like man is in control it looks like the head of china is head of china no jesus is head of china i remember walking over the line that marked China and into Chinese territory. And the one thought I had was this, every inch of it belongs to Jesus Christ. I may be persecuted. There were people following me because I filled out a form that told, told people I was a preacher. I got a call from the Chinese government saying, When you come, no preachy, no preachy. People followed me. I wasn't preaching there. I was on the way to Mongolia, which is another story. But every inch I went, and hear this, every inch you go, whether it's on land or in the sea, every inch belongs to Jesus. Abraham Kuyper, former prime minister of the Netherlands, talked about the sovereignty of God and in a paraphrase said something like this, every inch jesus can say is mine i declare it's mine jesus is lord of america and canada and cyprus and belgium and china and italy and russia he's the lord of all lords and one day we will see so he has appeared and he will appear a second time not to deal with sin why is sin no longer an issue sin won't be the discussion because sin has been dealt with he's not coming to die for sin he's done that but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him well i thought believe on the lord jesus christ and you'll be saved yes but there's elements of salvation that includes things that are not yet seen in this world but they will be when he comes everything that relates to salvation will be fulfilled at the second coming of Christ everything and just as he came in fulfillment of prophecy the first time he's coming back to fulfill prophecy the second time it may not look like it but one day every eye will see him one day everyone will bow their knee to the government of king jesus and hear this he's not coming back to be crowned king he's already had the ceremony he's already king of all kings lord of all lords he's already in the place of all authority in the universe that ladies and gentlemen is the amazing gospel we proclaim that though we are treasonous rebels having violated the laws of god by sins of commission things we've done things of omission things we haven't done god loved this world to send his son into the world the second person of the trinity be born of a virgin, live a sinless life, die an atoning death on the cross, be raised from the dead, and is now at the place of all authority in the universe, so that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, who repents and believes the good news of Christ, is forgiven now and forever, and has a place with God forever. That's amazing news. He will appear. second time not to deal with sin but to save fully save you could understand it those who are eagerly waiting for him is that true of you when you're a teenager you think yeah jesus please come but not yet i'm not married yet (laughs) after you're married a few years uh, okay you can come now (laughs) He's not hey don't say amen too loudly husbands he's not going to be dealing with sin for the simple reason is he did that in his first appearance he didn't merely cover sin he removed it look at verse 26 again he put it away he put it away jesus on the cross said it is finished it is paid for tetelestai is the greek word one word in greek three words in english it is finished it's paid for it's done it's accomplished this was a once for all sufficient atonement the message of hebrews is in the incarnation god has come to us and in his life he was sinless was the perfect lamb of god and on the cross He bore our sins in his body on the tree. 1 Peter 2, 24. From the incarnation to the ascension, Christ is in charge. And we understand what he did at the cross. And Hebrews tells us in glaring, dazzling display of amazement what he's doing now. Do you realize Jesus right now is active? What's he doing? Interceding for you. And he intercedes for you on the basis of his sacrifice, on the basis of what he's accomplished, on the basis of his full atonement. His intercession is based. On his once-for-all sacrifice we've already read it in our trek through Hebrews let me quote it Hebrews 7 25 consequently he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them just when your hands are drooping when your head goes down you think I don't know how I can continue do you realize the fact that Jesus prays for you is an immense comfort and it's true one man said, If I could hear Christ praying in the next room, it would encourage me greatly. But I don't have to hear him. I know he is praying for me. It's great when a fellow Christian prays for you. It's great when a pastor prays for his people. It's great, it's great, it's great. It's great. But isn't it greater that Christ is praying for you? You're going to make it. He that began the good work in you, he will fulfill it. He's appeared and he will appear not to bring universal salvation notice that not everybody will be saved but that's going to be the full benefits of salvation released to all of God's people you see when it comes to end times eschatology eschatos is the Greek word for latter times last times ology means the study of or the word of Put "ology" on the end of a word and it means the study of uh, eschatology is the study of the end times here's my eschatology my hope is not that we're all going to get it together that uh, either the world or the church will have things absolutely in place so that jesus comes and says nice job nice job guys you did it all no my understanding is that this age is evil galatians 1 verse 4 this present evil age why is this age evil because its ruler is evil who's lord of the airways right now it's not jesus it doesn't look like it anyway he's obviously in charge he's ordained everything but uh, you're not getting your weather with a christian slant on it even your weather reports back in puritan days weather reports would have gone like this it looks like by way of satellite imagery that there will be rain by divine providence tomorrow at 3 p.m and god in his providence may give us a night with storms that's how people would have talked but you realize because we can see it on a satellite we think god's not involved in it no, he's lord of the storm even now but this age is an evil age galatians 1 4 because its ruler is evil this age is ruled by an evil ruler but it's temporary very temporary he's the ruler of this age jesus declared the devil that way john 14 30 the rule of this age romans 12 tells us don't be conformed to this age But be transformed by the renewing of your mind you see if we as christians are going to take over everything there'd be a little addendum on the end of the verse do not be conformed to this age until the last part when we take over everything and it is everything according to the things of god and you won't have to conform then." no before jesus comes we're still living in this present evil age but all that stops when he appears
1: When he comes,
0: you can't uncome the coming. Do you know what I mean by that? It's like toothpaste. Once it's out of the toothpaste thing, it's, it's, it's out there. When Jesus comes, it's all over. For every opposer to the throne of Jesus. It's all over. All over. My personal conviction is going to take. The return of Jesus to clean up this mess but notice what it says who does he come for for those who eagerly await him I think that's a bit more than say hey Jesus nice to have you back no that's our hope and though there are different charts out there just grab hold of this he's going to come again and we're all hey if there's a first load we're on it right (laughs) let not your hearts be troubled believe in god john 14 believe also in me in my father's house are many rooms if it were not so would i have told you that i go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will finish finish it for me. I will come again, and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Come, Lord Jesus, Amen. Now the amazing thing is this: Ephesians says that it's not kind of a up in the air whether you'll get there as a Christian. Do you realize? in terms of god's perspective you're already there not that you will be one day seated with him in heavenly places but that you're actually seated now with him and so it's just our bodies that are going to catch up with what is reality you have a place in heaven and it's assured as As assured as Jesus place in heaven because you're in him and one day your body will catch up with the reality that you can't see yet if you're a Christian you will see him and you will joy at the sight of Jesus forever (sighs) come Lord Jesus amen pray together father thank you for your word we ask that you would write it again strongly on our hearts that we would be forever in awe of the savior who's come who has appeared and will appear again and we ask it in jesus name amen